So a few questions here that you've offered, so thank you very much. So I just start this one, this question. You seem to say or imply (coughs) that the qualities of the great heart were vital to the maintenance of presence. Can you say more about this? (coughs) Qualities of the great heart were vital to the maintenance of presence. I seem to say or imply this. Um, Well, yeah. Actually, when I talk about great heart, um, great heart includes presence. Um, So, Mm. so great heart really, you have, uh, you know, say kind of three three aspects to it. (coughs) One is the sense of. I called the the depth or the, the presence quality, the sense of stillness and stability and hearness, you know, which is presence. Uh, and this is based, you know, really uh, like th- that that experience that that uh, is is primary to to our existence as loosely speaking sane human beings. Not to st- overstretch the point, um, is this sense that all this stuff's happening to me? You know? And it, it's a certain continuity. You know? Like I, every morning I get up and it kind of like feels it's happening to me. It doesn't, it's sort of it's all landing in the same place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can take it for granted, of course, <laughs> till you have a nervous breakdown or. <laughs> It doesn't always there. So it's something you see that is actually constructed by, by the nervous system. You know, it's a basic sense of coherence. So, you know, the, the, this body is it's all mine. You know, it's, it's, even though in some ways it's kind of, you know, it's wrongly interpreted, but it, it kind of keeps everything together. The sense, the meanness sense. You know. Uh, yeah. So we say. You know, where does sound land? Where does thought happen? Who who does feeling occur to? When you come back, you know, behind the idea of yourself, behind the thought to, oh, it's happening here, you know. (laughs) Right? All your life is happening here, to this. And you say, well, where? It's not particular. It's actually a sense, and when you recognise that all the details of what's happening are changing, right? And changing, your thoughts are coming and going, emotions are coming and going, feelings are coming and going, people are coming and going. It's cold, gets hot. Yeah. So there's something not coming and going that's able to register what's coming and going, right? You know. So. All the details are, are changing, and yet there's something there that that isn't that's sort of witnessing that. So sometimes, when it's as strong, we call it the witness. Yeah, we call it sometimes the the, the one who knows. This sense in in part in the Thai way of describing it, it's a very it's a basic sense, but it, in meditation it becomes strengthened, basically because you're not you're you're, you're really not or you're trying to, to lessen your sense of identification and involvement and passion and despair and excitement around the stuff that's coming and going. <laughs> you know, saying, oh, this is just stuff that's coming and going, right, okay. Um, because of that, it's like a shift of center. You're no longer really, you know, following or making a big thing out of the coming and going stuff. So just that sense of, of loosening or lightening your hold on that, your energy shifts to the sense of witnessing it, yeah? This is not kind of revelation, is it, right? <laughs> so that we say is awareness or basic presence, and it doesn't do anything. It doesn't kind of say yippee or, oh, that's great, or I'm enlightened. It just mm, doesn't do anything. It doesn't want to witness anything. It doesn't have a view about anything. It just, there it is. You know, you could say it doesn't even witness, really. It just, that it, it receives. So what is it? it? Receives the thoughts, the sounds, the silences, 
the hopes, the despairs, the joys, the sorrows. What is it? So you say that, you know. So it's, it's not a thought, it's not an emotion, it's something else. It's your basic ground, ground of consciousness in which the other things are kind of constructions on top of that, yeah? Right? You know, in Zen, this is the face before you're born. Right? Um, and and my, my sense of this is really, if you're looking for a, a basis of this, it's very abdominal. You know, it's like, so, so y- you know, you get these uh, um, Zen and, and Chan practitioners, they're very, boom, hara belt, you know. It's very much about here, 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 now, and all this, you know, you just maintain that, right? You know, shikantaza, you just maintain the sense of presence. It's very hara, it's very belly grounded. And the stuff just blows through and, you know, one hand clapping and sound of silent moo and dogs and having Buddha nature and all that kind of stuff. It's just there to, to just continually jam your conceptual brain till you eventually you more or less have to keep falling down into this kind of sense of here-ness, you know? So a lot of Zen is just about jamming the other stuff up, in my opinion, of course. <laughs> So that we say, that's your, <laughs> that's your kind of ground level of consciousness, ground, <laughs> basic. Yeah. And of course, because it's basic, you know, it's, in a way it's overlooked because we're more interested, we're more attracted to strong feelings, interesting feelings, happy feelings, unhappy feelings, which is more the, the you know, where you, you get the heart sense, you yeah? know? So that's, that's all that, that deals much more with Feeling, impulse, volition, wish, desire, um, m- compassion, mercy, love, gladness, celebration, aspiration, uh, you know, good and bad, so forth. It's all impulses coming from the heart. Also, meanings, perceptions, you know, intuitions, feelings of, this doesn't feel quite right to me, you know, these senses, you get intuitive senses or you know, you remind me of somebody, or you make me feel happy, or you look friendly. Well, that's that's very much heart-based stuff. Mm. It, it's not, and it's not kind of. Uh, it's a very different um, perception than than what we might call uh, more the the brain activity, which is if abstract. You know, like two and two equals four. In the heart sense doesn't mean anything. To what? What does equals? What does four mean? <laughs> you know, how can two and two doesn't equal anything? It's just two and two. You know, what is it? It's what it means. You know, two apples, two bandits, two spaceships, two snowmen. They mean different things. But in brain, you just cut away all that feely stuff, and you go to the the abstract, yeah. So you also this sense. You have these three brains, you might say, and the great heart really is the is the integration of all of those. So the the you know, if you like your verbal or your brain activity is that which is able to organise and structure and you know give detailed. It's a good secretary. The heart thing is the sense that's giving you how you know what's the right action here. What's the right response here? What's the skill? What's the relevant interpretation here? So it does that. Yeah. Very important. And then out of that, 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 that's where understanding is actually in the heart. So out of that sense, then you get some impulse comes up, do this. And then your brain sense figures out how it's going to do it. So those, th- so you really, really the, the, all the three need to be connected um, so that the sense of, because the heart sense needs the sense of um, stability because it's always adjusting, it's always relating. So it's, it's like a leaf quivering, it's always on the go, kind of sensing things, feeling things, sensing this, sensing that. You need to have a home base, otherwise it's like a leaf blowing in the wind. It needs to have a tree to, to stick to, you know, so... <laughs> Yeah, and that's kind of what presence does. So, 
So you've got a sense of something that's stable, supportive, steadying, mm. you know, that you can measure the feeling against, like it's happening here. The here-ness where the feeling's unpleasant, still we've got here. The feeling is fearful, still there's here. You know, that, that one, you don't lose it. So you're able then to, to let these quite strong emotional effects pass through because you've got this root. Mm. So that's how heart needs presence. Now, how does presence, you know, so but ha- <coughs> presence needs heart because for, <coughs> for two reasons. First of all, um, a lot of people find that the sense of presence is really quite, quite thin. You know, it's not that it's not there, it's just not accessing it. You know, because of the involvement with all the details of coming and going. So your center shifts much more to got to do this, got to do that, isn't it? You know, and 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 you know, in 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 a busy social life, you know, the heart itself starts to disappear too. So all you got is got to do this, got to do that, this, got to go there. Remember this. You got all the organizing, but there's not much real feeling of what's what's really useful, what's important, what's valuable. How am I with this? You don't, you know. That gets that gets missed. <laughs> so you lose presence, you lose heart. All you got is is how to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 yeah. So th- and really, people can stay with that for a long time till they crack up, you know, or go you know, or go nuts or something, or go really weird. Because, you know. Because there's no with that there's no sense of 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 presence of subjectivity of intimacy of nourishment of warm heartedness of joy of love of faith of aspiration of courage of care all that can go so you end up in this kind of who cares doesn't really matter just get on you know it's it's existence rather than than life mm. you know but but uh you know, for it's 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 unusual that you really lose it all completely. So the chances are that one starts to get this heart feeling of, wow, what's all this about? You know, I can't relate to this. I'm uncertain about this. What's going on? What am I doing with my life? You know, I feel unfulfilled, or oh, that's rather disappointing, or you know. So you get these heart senses, and the heart sense is is really why we want to wake up. It's not at all a rational process. You want to wake up because you just feel funny. You feel out of it. You feel, what's the point? You feel something's missing. You feel, where am I going? You feel, why are people like this? You feel these kind of senses. These are heart senses. And there's a kind of, you know, sometimes we call it the cry of the heart. Like, you know, (laughs) what are we here for? What's it all about? Mm. So it's that heart sense yeah which I- is really the 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 uh, trigger for awakening isn't it so you know the the canonical legend is the buddha sees you know the the aged this man the sick person the dead person goes wow you know these are not just items <laughs> these mean something to me you know and the meaning something to me is a heart sense i'm somehow I'm involved with life yeah I'm in this. I'm involved with this. It it concerns me. That's a heart sense, yeah. So, because in some ways it's not just a well, okay. This is that. This is that. This person lives for eighty years. They drop dead. Interesting piece of information. No, it's not an interesting piece of information. It's a disturbing, <laughs> David Duta, and then seeing the. Uh, the 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 sign of the of the the aspirant or the enlightened well I'm not certain which one the religion says but someone who's actually seeking a seeker of some kind or a real or an adept knows wow you know there's another thing it's not just a funny fellow with a bald head you know it's something that means something so it touches the heart so then that's what you start to get like what's going on what where where am I and that's what helps you to Start finding out what it, where is this source of suffering, where is this source of stress. So for that, you 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 begin to start to check out what's going on, and and um, 
what all this stuff, what does it mean? And then, if you like, the quest is to find presence, <coughs> to find here, to find ground. We call it touching the earth, is the Buddhist expression, what's here. Mm. You know. So the heart reminds you, tells you, you have to wake up because this is crazy. Without it, this is crazy. This is, I can't be coherent in this. I can't be whole in this. Yeah? So you've got to find presence and then you've got some ground. Um, so a heart is necessary. It's the awakener to, rem- to <coughs> bring us into presence. Mm. Let me say, well, but presence, you say, so when the, the Buddha establishes this, and from this place of presence is able to put to rest all these compulsive energies of being and making and becoming and worry and doubt and worry and restlessness. It's actually, he's just abiding in that, in that, you know, the, the root of the Bodhi tree, the sitting still, the touching the earth, that kind of groundedness. Yeah. So he's able to come out of all that. Then, as the sto- story says, it's the heart again that, that shivers with sympathy for other beings, it resonates with sympathy with other beings. It says, yeah, okay, this is this, but we are also here in this. We're not just here, but we're here in this <laughs> with other beings. Yeah. So it's the heart that gets the Buddha to stand up and start teaching the Anukampati, the the resonant heart. So it's obviously, you know, (coughs) it's all part of it. It all fits together. (coughs) This is how heart is the the awakener or the, the prod, the reminder. And it's also the blessing. Know, that that bestows the the, the uh, you know because it's able to integrate the clarity the the purity the strength the presence <coughs> to integrate that into meanings and purposes and aspirations you know which are the you know meanings and purposes and aspirations <coughs> that will make this presence livable, walkable, communicable, teachable. This is what is a Buddha, some Buddha is someone who can actually bring this across to others through great heart and through able to think and articulate and organize it clearly. So all three are involved. You can't really abandon any of it, but we need to, you know, be reminded and then unburden the heart and then fill the heart with the the the, the beauty of, of purity and then it can start to bring forth that so you know you might say one of the qualities of heart is aspiration yeah aspiration we don't know we're not realized we're not awakened and yet we can we can try yeah that's a heart sense. It doesn't mean, you know, that I've got it figured out. It's not like that. It's not a red, but it says I, I can try because even the <coughs> sense of tr- aspiring gladdens me, gives my me- life meaning, gives it purpose, makes it worthwhile being here. Without aspiration, you know, I mean, you don't want to be here. <laughs> you know, you just don't want to be here. If there isn't something to to lift, to to love, to offer, you know, I don't know. That's the way it seems to me. So this uh, heart sense is really important, and never to give up on it. Never to give up on it. It doesn't matter what it's. Don't ever give up on it.
know, if you you just look around and you see the violence and the destruction, the degradation of all forms of life, you know? Just to sustain aspiration itself is uh, is a fine thing to do. Mm. Because in a way it, it it always takes you back to the dignity and value of presence and the possibility that this can actually come forth in this world. So this is another one of, um, you say mindfulness is skillful attention to what? And what makes it skillful? Mm. Mm. Well, yeah, words. Um, mm. So you have different um, faculties. One faculty is called attention. So I have to I've just, forgive me, I just use the Pali words as well because that you know, helps. So I can cut my, I've got it mapped out in Pali. <laughs> So you have manasikara, is the, it means attention, it just means uh, the ability to um, focus, yeah? you can focus on something, you can form a coherent object yeah, with your mind, so you can kind of hold a concept in mind, um, you yeah. so, yeah, so that, that's a function, it's the function of having a, having a mind organ, just like the, vis- like the eye, if it's functioning properly, can form a visual image, so that the the mano, the thinking mind, or the organizing mind, can, you know, bring together a concept. It can create a concept. It's a car, not strange, you know, shape, but car. Got it. Store that up. That's attention. Has no ethical basis whatsoever. There's no feeling to it whatsoever. It's just the pure function. It's like the eyeball, you know. Can, there's no, there's no involvement with it at all. It just does that. So that is not skillful <coughs> or unskillful. Yeah. It just, it's just, it's just that. Any more than your toe is skillful or unskillful. <laughs> That's attention. And mm-hmm. uh, so you know, you, people can have attention disorders, which means you can't sustain. Uh, uh, an image or a concept or an idea for very long and sometimes that that faculty of mind you know begins to deteriorate in age in old age or even my age (laughs) 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 well you know you can't always get get them little (laughs) things to line up So that's that, you know. But then, mindfulness is 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 um, is based on the, on something that has a, uh, a skill in it. Skill is um, the good or the true, or it means that you're involved with what you're doing. It matters. Mm. So, example, even just say, you know, one can um, mind be mindful of a dead body. So, say you know, one of the objects of mindfulness is to you know, um, see, a, look at, regard a dead body. You know? The mindfulness says, ah, this too will happen to me. You know, what does this mean? This means, it's a kind of a sensitivity to the meanings, the implications, the subjective quality of the experience. It's not just looking at it going, okay, it's six foot long, it's this color, you know, so what? It's actually taking it into the heart. So this is what mindfulness does. It gives you some kind of subjective impression of what's <coughs> happening. It means something to you. Yeah. So you know, you, 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 the, so can you mindfully, you know, kill somebody? So very, very, a lot of deliberate attention, carefully, you know, raising the axe, being very careful with every sensation, then make it carefully dis- make it descend upon the cranium, chopping a hole in somebody's head. You know. That would require some attention, true. But, you know, if there's mindfulness, there's some sense of this is bringing around pain, death, 
and so forth. Um, you know, it's not you're not necessarily thinking that, but you're aware of the meaning of what's going on. Mm. And uh, so, as soon as you you're aware of the meaning, it takes it into you know it's touching the heart with it. It's not just a cognitive thing. So sometimes people talk about mindfulness as like for, you know the cognitive function for for cognitive malfunctions, but it's not. That's attention. Um, mindfulness means it goes it touches the heart in some way. Doesn't necessarily mean emotion. It means there's a meaning to it. There's a there's a reference to aha, uh-huh, you know. Um, so when we're mindful of breathing in and breathing out, we're, it's not just uh, following a function, you're actually sensing the, the calming or the, the enjoying or the refreshing senses of that, you know, so you're taking all that in. You're getting the whole of it, you know. You get the sense of the flow of it, or that it's rough or smooth. This is all mindfulness. So mindfulness is based upon having a kind of a subjective presence there. You know, so it does involve the here sense, the presence. Is, you know, actually taking it in, feeling with that. So feeling with it, being with it, is part of what um, mindfulness is about. Now, if it's, if, um, so, <coughs> take it into the, this base. Um, now, you don't actually, um, with clear awareness, you, you don't, uh, you know, there has to be some sense of, of, um, mm, purpose with it. So this is meaningful. So some, you know, why the sense of conscience and concern is considered to be a a supportive base for mindfulness? Because if nothing, you know, if some, it means something to you. So you have to have some sense of basic um, value, you know, (laughs) for for to to care, you know, to to actually be to listen up. You know, if, if you're bored, negative, not interested, then the quality of mindfulness goes down because you're not really with it. So when the, if, the, if you're coming from an unskillful place, then your, your way of focusing will be, will be uh, affected with uh, greed or aversion or fear or distortions of some kind or another. So you're not really getting the meaning of something. Know, because your your mind is 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 coming from a biased place, you know? so to really get the the quality of mindfulness, it's a clear sense, so that these these contaminations are not present. You know? It's it's enabling there to be a clear, pure reference to what's going on. So this is why it's skillful. And so from that we can get a true learning, you see, because you're coming from a true place in yourself. So you, what you notice through mindfulness, you learn from because it's reliable. Uh, it's not just a viewpoint, it's not just an opinion, it's not just a bias, it's not just a out of desire, it's something that's true, true to you. Mindfulness also uh, functions through the quality of um, what's called full awareness or sampajanya. And this means there's um, mm, sampajanya means there's like sensitivity, alertness, the ability to, to really fathom, you know, uh, cause and effect. You know? Oh, this thing feels like this. So you can be, you know, you can be mindful, aware of unskillful things. You know, it's not the, but your basis of being aware is a skillful one. That is, it's coming from, I want to know. I want to really get a feeling for this. I want to understand this. Now that is honesty, clarity, interest, uh, sense of inquiry. So, okay, you, you're mindful of anger. Okay, so, you know, the object is unskillful, but your sense of, of self-value is, is present. So, you, 
oh, anger feels like this. That's why, that's why I don't want to act upon it, because it feels kind of bitter and harsh and unpleasant. Yuck. So we'll let go, you know, we'll let go of that. You know, so you, you have to have a clear basis for that to, to be measured against. And that's what mindfulness does. So we're not actually disapproving of it or adding shame to it or guilt to it. You just put it onto a clean place and it stands out. The unskillful stands out because you're putting it on a skillful basis, which is an undiluted uh, mind. The place where we're at. You know, that's what mindfulness is. Uh, attention to what? Well, we can attend the, to um, you know, what are classically called the four... Uh, establishments or the places where you place mindfulness upon either bodily experience, um, that is is physical sensations, breathing in, breathing out, the nature of the body, um, the meaning of the body, you might say. You see your own physical form, uh, its change, its shapes, its uh, pleasures, its pains and so forth. And mm, You're mindful of that. You're mindful of its movements. With that, you, you really get an understanding that it's not a person, it's phenomena, it's phenomenal. Yeah. It's, it's a force in nature, it, um, it's like this, it's never really completely comfortable. Or, or it's made up, the experience of it is made up of many, many changing sensations. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, a form of na- it's a form in nature. So you get the meaning of that. Your mindfulness can be of the feeling, pleasure, pain, and what that's about. They all, all feelings have got a push to them. Pushed by pleasure, pushed by pain. Pulled by pleasure, pulled by pain. Wavering in the neutral, waiting for the which, which bus is going to come, the pleasant one or the unpleasant one. When's it going to happen, you know? See, the feeling is just being pushed around, you know? I mean, there's good ones, which is quite a nice push, but then they kind of fizzle out, then you've got a bad one. So you get some sense of uh, dispassion or, or from about feeling, because just because of the nature of feeling. So this is Sampajanya, clear comprehension. You also have mindfulness of mind, meaning mindfulness of the mind states. So the mind states could be tight or contracted, angry, uh, joyful, um, happy, unhappy, you know, the various sense mind mind states that we go through, um, generous, deluded, crazy, uh, loving, peaceful. So you say, oh, this is a mind state. It's like this is the weather blowing through. This is the gray. This is the, this is the sunshine. This is the brightness. This is the darkness. So, you know, you notice all these and none of them really last. Um, They're all effective, they all have effects, we can get caught in them, or we could, um, you know, use them skillfully, or we could relinquish them. So you get some sense of awareness, you know, uh, the understanding of mind states. Um, They're not really self, because you'd have to have many, many selves. If if (laughs) your angry self, your happy self, your loving self, you you know, so well, it's just, they're just weather blowing through. Uh, and then you have the mindfulness based upon the mindfulness of the phenomena that um, are pertinent or relevant for waking up. You start to see the kind of um, negative patterns and the positive patterns that line up. So these are all bases of mindfulness. And mindfulness of breathing is said to, cu- is said to occur in all four of them. That is, you be mindfulness of breathing as a bodily sense, you could, as something just happening brings you into your body, or you could be mindful of breathing, you know, contemplating the feelings and the perceptions or the the uh, the mind states that you get through mindfulness of breathing, you know, which you can get very happy mind states or uh, joyful mind states or peaceful mind states or expansive mind states through mindfulness of breathing, and you can get you can begin to mindfulness of breathing you can start to see things like. Ah, this is clarity, or this is um, concentration, or this is tranquility. So you also, you know, you get in touch with the the positive as well as the negative phenomena through mindfulness of breathing, which is said to, you know, take you through all of these areas 
of that are relevant for um, you know a human being. You know, this is for our for our life and for our liberation. So, so you've know, done me a bit on that one. Now, <laughs> is it good enough? <laughs> what can you say about mindfulness? It just goes on. What are they? <laughs> I'll say a bit more. Why not? <laughs> I mean, just to give you an image, you know, that the, the Buddha sometimes said to use this image of the cook, the king's cook, you know, so that the king, the king has a cook who, who comes, you know, comes to his home from slaughtering people or whatever kings do and then sits at his dinner table and the cook brings in his dinner you know and the king of mushy peas and chips again so he eats what he likes he leaves the rest and then the cook looks at what he's left and he didn't like mushy peas so let's tomorrow we give him baked beans instead so he gives him baked beans and the king oh yum eats all the baked beans it's good right baked beans is a winner and so th- th- he gradually by witnessing what the king likes and doesn't like, he, he really gets to produce a good meal. And the king says, very good, my good man, here's a raise. You know. And the Buddha says, in this instance, you should understand the king as, as the chitta, as the heart, and the cook as mindfulness. So, so mindfulness is actually you know, placing things and saying, how do, how do you feel about this? What's going on here? What's happening? What's it like? You know, it's that quality. It involves you. It involves you. It asks for your, some sort of subjective impression. What's this mean to you? That's mindfulness. Mm. Not conceptually meaning, but, how, you know, how does it fit? So because of that, you can, um, you know, you settle into where you're strong, where you're skillful, and let go of the things that cause you difficulties. Mm. Through our practice, our aim is balance and the middle way. However, isn't it ironic that if we lose it, or if things fall apart, and we examine the actions that led to such events, we can learn many lessons from such experiences. Yep. So the the. Uh, Aim is balance. The path is learning from imbalance, I guess. <laughs> falling apart. <laughs> yes, it's true. You only learn balance from imbalance, really. You know, but you have to have faith that there is such a thing as balance, and occasionally get there. <laughs> so it's not just blind faith. Oh, you know, there is, or really knowing. You know, you're less. So it's rather like when you're trying to balance anything you know you, you, you find that when you hold the thing first it tips one way and think okay a little bit more that way tips the other way right you know so you've got to learn from the way you're tipping over too tight too loose you know well, that's a little bit tighter no that's too tight that's still too loose you know so you, you like that you know and uh, really it's it's um, you know that sense of the imbalances if you if you're mindful and you've always got this sense of something that's open enough and honest enough and caring enough to say, oh, no, no, that's not it. Let's try again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, uh, you know, and that's, that's the kind of beauty of it, really. Is, is you could say it's a very forgiving kind of practice, but it's, 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 I mean it's very generous because... You know, wherever the imbalance, if there's, if there's mindfulness, then you can say, okay, that was where I got it wrong. Let's understand that and come back. You're not perpetually damned, you know. <laughs> you're, not a com- you're never a failure. You know, it's never written off. You're never a write-off, you know. So even these sort of, um, you know, the, uh, the some of these kind of arch villains in the Buddhist um, tales, you know, say, well, okay, he really lost it, you know, slaughtered thousands of people. He's going through a rough patch. He's going down to hell for a millennium or two, but, you know, it looks like in about three millennia, he'll be back again, and this next time he's going to be an arahant, you know. <laughs> 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 so, 
so <laughs> he would seriously lose it. I mean, seriously lose it. There's still that possibility of whoops. <laughs> You know, ang- uh, my, my, the Angulimala, the killer, did nine, 999 people, you know, which of course may be an exaggeration, but I think you get the point. He'd, 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 you know, he'd, he'd lost the plot a little bit, seriously. Um, still, you know, he was able to turn that around and, uh, and become completely enlightened and free from that place. So, you know, I mean when you look at the runners in the field, I mean, you're up there amongst the front of them, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> you're way ahead of that guy. <laughs> but sometimes it's actually the, the you know, the horror of the, the sense of you really lost it. Think, oh my, I've really got to pull myself together, you know, take it seriously. And sometimes it's the kind of, the, the you know, the, 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 the more average kind of losing it. We don't, we we lose a sense of caring, you know? so that's you know. Well, it took the Buddha, to, you know, for ang- to awaken Angulimala, you know, someone who could actually present clearly the possibility for awakening, and actually turn round to him and say, Angulimala, stop. <laughs> you know, that's a very compassionate thing to do because the Buddha actually deliberately sought him out you know deliberately went to where this killer murderer was and he was going to kill the Buddha you know so he actually put himself right in that place you know to in order to turn it around someone who wasn't frightened of him someone who wasn't running away from him someone who wasn't angry with him just saying Gulimana you're going to really mess up seriously if you don't stop and you know, that kind of turned him around. So that sense really, you know, never, never, never giving up on yourself. Never give up. Um, this question, keep coming up against the desire to act in order to control fear. It's a very physical fear. Lots of adrenaline and fantasy of being got at and insecure can go over what you were saying on Friday about attending to the breath supporting the sense of continuity what Winnicott called going on being continuity Mm. I guess I'm in the here sense Mm. right As I was talking about fear this morning, and I've talked about the five bases for fear, but uh, to make it even simpler, there's really only one basis of fear, which is what they all boil down to, which is the loss of being. So death, uh, the sense of losing one's life, Pain means the loss of one's sense of, uh, um, you know, being able to be present because something is, is tearing you apart. Yeah? Loss of livelihood, loss of, of, of um, well, ostracism, you know, being ostracized. So your sense of being something, being a part of, being a member of the tribe, being okay, that is, you know, is, that is lost. And that's the fear, the fear of losing that sense of, of integrity, of wholeness, of being okay, of being present. Mm? And so that, you know, that it threatens the very basis of our, you might say, our, what I'm calling presence or a here sense. It actually threatens that. This is why it's so, so primary, you know, and so destructive. And interestingly, you feel it right in your gut is where you feel fear. And it, it, bypasses all the thoughts, all the ideas, it's just, it's all this stuff is just froth, you know, when you get the, the, the fear. Uh, and uh, so, um, you know, to, you're going to come back to, to finding presence again, because that's, that's the bit that is, seems to be being lost. Mm. 
Now, this can happen. It's not that anybody's attacking you or things that, you know, think apparently one's just sitting somewhere. So it, it can be uh, triggered off by, you know, memory, by trauma, by, um, you know, things that somehow mysteriously or, you know, out of somewhere at the back back of one's mind or one's psyche, something is 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 threatening your sense of being present. You know, it can be loss issues, seeing being lost or abandoned. So sometimes people have these kind of memories, almost like tissue memories, not conceptual memories, tissue memories in their bodies of being abandoned, like orphans and or, or things that occur very early, so you can't even get a thought around it, but something in you senses that ostracism or loss of being or loss of being welcomed or loss of being able to you know feel you're in something you, you, know, you know kind of loss of parenthood or that kind of thing occurs so so then something comes back to that and you feel this this shocked sense so th- this is something definitely that happens for people um, and naturally you know, the, I wouldn't say there's just one thing one can do that will just, all your problems are over, <laughs> you know. But mm, breathing certainly uh, can help to, to, in some cases, to, to bring you back to, to presence. Because, it, you know, what the f- fear will do when you get that in your, syst- in your system attacking your sense of presence is the heart naturally gets a strong impulse to try and do something about it so the heart is the one that where the impulses come from heart sense you get panic you get anxiety you get this trembling you know so and and and, you know the system is naturally fear is is all right you know it's good to be frightened of of saber-toothed tigers rather than go and pat them So, you know, there's nothing wrong with fear. It's just part of the system. So what it does is as soon as you get that, the body says, out of here. You know, you don't think about it. You just make tracks. So it bypasses the, goes, bypasses the thoughts and just you're acting. So it's a very fundamental reflex that immediately pushes the action button. Now, when you are faced with a saber-toothed tiger, the reaction is fairly clear, you know, maybe just run like crazy or, or do whatever you do, you know. Some sort of action is necessary. Actually, running isn't a good idea. No. Um, but when it's something in your mind, you know, some funny feeling, <laughs> you know, <laughs> what are you going to, you don't, can't run, you know, what do you do about it? It's... Uh, it's this sort of I- inner feeling. Then, uh, what is needed is to is to come to regain presence, regain presence, and in you know, so you don't the action is to just sort of stop and breathe out. You might say, stop, stand still, breathe out, regain that sense of presence. The wave of fear pushes you, and instead of going to the heart, the emotional sense of that, which will certainly build up, you try to go to the body sense of it. Yeah. So to try to uh, come away from the triggering of action into just the phenomenon of tension or pressure or whatever it is that's happening you know, in, in your, in your ner- nervous system. Yeah. Breathing is one way of doing this. Um, just breathing out, slowing down, because the breathing—if you slow your breathing down—it it tends to have this um, stabilizing effect on your nervous energy. So normally, when we we get fear, we panic. We breathe faster. You know, it's a, it's anxious, panic, hysterical. We breathing faster and faster. But if you actually deliberately hold, slow it down, it does the other thing. It tends to state calm and it tends to take you back to presence now <coughs> um i remember I, when i was uh, a few years ago i was going on tudong which is this kind of uh, you know these long walks you go on 
in Thailand and I was with a, a, another monk and his, his idea was to go to a, a, a wildlife park or you know, a, 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 a jungle area in Thailand and he said because there are tigers there so you <coughs> go there he said because it's really good to go near tigers because the fear you get you get so much fear it's good for your concentration Oh yeah. <laughs> so he thought, you know, he wasn't trying to avoid fear. It's actually good because actually, the if you what it does is it totally galvanizes your attention. You don't daydream. Uh, <laughs> you don't fall asleep. You wake up, and because uh, tigers are, you know, there's nothing you can do really with a tiger. It's bigger, stronger, faster, deadlier. Knows what it's doing, and you just let. Meatball on a plate, you know. <laughs> so there's actually no running, no praying, no per, no stroking, no saying sweet words that are going to make this thing do anything other than eat you up, rip your head off, or whatever. So the only thing you can do is just go to presence <laughs> <laughs> and just give up. You know, you give up the. So you you you, you can't stay in your in your heart sense because it's just too too crazy. <laughs> You've got to go down to, you know, uh, a moment of time of being present because that's all you have. <coughs> so this is, um, you know, it's actually uh, you know, a traditional thing that these uh, forest teachers would actually send people off into the jungles to, to be near tigers because the fear would actually f- drive them, force them to become more grounded in presence and less... Less um, in the heart, you know, because it's just too crazy in the heart. And I, I, I this, uh, so I was, this, I was, did this. So it was, uh, um, you know, in this jung in the jungle, sitting there. And he said, don't, "Don't light a candle because a candle might frighten the tiger." And all of dear, oh dear, <laughs> 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 heavens above, you know. <laughs> So to sit in the dark, and he said, "We'll stay far apart from each other, so you won't have a, any help. <laughs> so you, so you're completely on your own in the dark and jungle at night time, sitting on a piece of plastic, like like feeling on a table napkin. You know? <laughs> and then the the forest in, in the night time, the jungles <coughs> in Thailand, you know, suddenly all those stories that you poo poo in the daytime." <laughs> Suddenly, the night time is very different because everything starts waking up and howling. There's <coughs> howling and wailing and crashing and, th- you know, things crashing around and all the animals come out and, they're, and uh, you know, they're on the prowl and they're looking for things and you think, God, every one of them sounds like a tiger. <laughs> 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 and, uh, you know, you, you know there's no way, nothing you can do. But, you know, and so uh, I experienced this tremendous fear, tremendous fear, just shivering, shaking, sweating with it. Yeah. And uh, this feeling of, a, uh, you know, actually hearing something coming closer, rustling through the grass where I was sitting, this thing rustling towards me. I could hear something, I couldn't see it because it was pitch black. You could hear something. It sounded pretty much like a tiger to me. <laughs> <laughs> And that that moment when you you think you know suddenly the idea that it happens to other people, you're like this you know there's no reason why this shouldn't happen to me. <laughs> tiger couldn't rip my head off, and you know you just get rooted to the ground, and certainly you know the sleepiness is not there, uh, <laughs> ill will is not there. Rest doubt is not there, restlessness is not there, sense desire is not there, you know, instant samadhi, all the hindrances are gone. <laughs> it's just sitting, pure presence, a moment at a time. And, uh, you know, so, uh, you know, actually, as, as you see, it wasn't, I didn't get eaten by a tiger, but it felt very like it. that's what was about to happen. So you get tremendously alert, awakened, you know, alert in that. But then, you know, um, 
the, the point of these kind of fears is that, okay, you know, the tiger, whatever it is, because the sun comes up, ah, it's all over, you feel this kind of relief and you come out of it, you know. So that, that's, that's, but it's when it's the fear is a kind of, anx- like the l- lower grade maybe, not the, but continual anxiety of, am I all right? What's going on here? That's the stuff that corrodes the nervous system, just the drip, drip, drip of <coughs> uncertain if people are friendly or, un- or unfriendly, if, you know, that kind of, I'm about to be rejected or am I doing something wrong, that kind of drip, drip, drip. Is the is the is the kind of low grade but but chronic anxiety that people can suffer from, you know, a feeling of lack of worth or lack of uh, being loved or lack of uh, you know fear of being ostracized or blamed, and that's that's really very very difficult, deadly because it always comes round to there's something wrong with me, you know. And there's nothing wrong with it, you know. So you, you so the sense of really coming back to great heart and great presence. To, and it's not just breathing in and breathing out. It's also, um, you know, it's about dignity. It's about value. It's about kindness, it's about looking after yourself, it's about not having to perform, not having to be better than you are. It's all these things that, that really build up that <coughs> confidence. So you you know you can break through the, the the web of it. And then breathing will take that message down into the gut. That's the point. That's the bit that breathing does takes it from a, a mood or an emotion or a thought, takes it down into the into the into the gut. So and it starts to relate relax release and relax the whole system when you can do that. Particularly because once the breath passes the diaphragm, you know, is it descending breath, you come into the territory where it really the whole meaning of it is let go. You know, when it gets past the diaphragm it's 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 down into the kind of dissolution, release phase of the breath, isn't it? And that's the place where we, you know, if if you're if you're frightened, that will you seize up around the around the midriff, yeah, because you it tightens up, your gut tightens up. So to breathe out and to to just loosen as you breathe out and to to feel that loosening is we, we move against the fear instinct which is tighten con- and control into let go and trust it, let go and trust it, let go and trust it. And you do that time and time again and you see you breathe out and the breath comes back and you breathe out <coughs> and the breath comes back and you let it go and it comes back and it's saying you're here, you're all right. <laughs> you know, at this level, you're here, you're all right. Because it's, it's, it's taken care of, it's doing it for you. You don't have to be that good to breathe out. <laughs> mm. So there are various, you know, many blessings uh, involved in, in these practices to deal with the difficulties we find ourselves, um, you know, caught in. Mm. And never give up. Because with, you know, in one moment, you can, you can punch a hole through the net of delusion. If it closes again, doesn't matter. Do it again. Seize up again, doesn't matter, do it again. And you, you eventually you, you start to lose conviction in suffering. You're not so convinced of suffering. <laughs> You're not so convinced by it. And that starts to turn the balance around the other way. Suffering's not an identity. 
Okay, so thank you. And I hope that's been helpful. Let's have a little break. Um, maybe stand up, stretch your legs, and then we can finish with a sitting. <coughs>